This episode is brought to you by DQ&A. DQ&A, the diabetes research company. All right, y'all. I got some shit to say. I know this is not normally how I introduce an episode, but I I got a lot on my mind. And what better way to work through your thoughts than to record them and share them with the world? No, but thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. I think this is an ongoing important topic, but I want to share about this from my perspective and, and my current journey with this and some of my frustrations on how some of the support systems that we have in place are just not supporting us. And it's going to get a little spicy because I, I'm experiencing some things, not only in the world, but like just within the diabetes community that is frustrating. And it doesn't make living with this any easier when it feels like there are aspects of your own community that is tearing you down. And so I hope you guys understand my intention of I'm speaking from my experience. I'm speaking from things that I'm facing. It's in no way to tear down or put down any efforts that other people or organizations are making. I feel like we don't do our due diligence of just respecting people's experiences and not making it a competition. Um, we we do the comparison game so hard and we've been conditioned to it. So I, I, I get it's it's habitual in some ways, but I feel like there's been enough going on in the world for us to recognize that we shouldn't be. So the hell are you talking about, Taylor? I want to talk about diabetes burnout. And with this being Diabetes Awareness Month and me having my diversity back on the 19th, so six years officially, that I've been living with type 2 diabetes. And even though I've made strides in this past year with my condition and getting better management, getting my A1C down, um, exposure to better therapies and services, all of that, in the midst of all of the good things that have been happening, there's been a lot of challenges and frustrations and we won't talk about it. What's cool is I've got some great insight from one of our sponsors, DQ&A, and they're a social enterprise that surveys people living with diabetes in order to learn more about their experience and be able to provide data for further research, things like that. So I'm really, I feel really good about sharing this information because I, I don't think we always get it, you know, sometimes, especially when we're in it for ourselves, but I think data does help in painting the whole picture. So Thank you to the DQ&A team for sharing this information with me to share with you guys. And if you are currently experiencing burnout, please know that it, it, it happens. So don't feel bad. We all want to take a break from this. <laughs> and sometimes it's, it can be draining and, and it can feel heavy trying to stick to a routine and trying to make sure that you're taking care of yourself the best way that you can, especially with diabetes, and you just want it to, to stop. You want it, uh, a day off, and there, there really isn't one. We're going to talk about it today because I really got a lot on my heart in terms of my battle with burnout. So with that being said, let's get into it. 
you're listening to Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Danielle, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, together we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk, but for diabetics. Minus the entanglements, though. So let's do it. This episode is brought to you by 9AM Health. 9AM Health, diabetes care that fits your life. Oh, burnout. It can happen to anybody. And I just haven't really shared my collective experience with it. I feel like there have been hints at it. I know in season two, I had an emergency break because I literally was just, I literally ran out of steam. Just mentally, emotionally, physically, I just could not. This time is a little different. And it's tough to talk about because Nobody wants to ever share, especially when you make yourself public and you want to create content that is hopeful. But I'm recognizing that as much as I feel like there's nobody who is ever obligated to share that they're having a bad day, I do feel a small sense of obligation to share that I'm having a rough time right now. And I don't mind sharing. A lot of people who know me know that I'm very much an open book, the stuff that I keep private and the stuff that I share. But it's been rough for me lately. And... It is rough for quite a few reasons. I'll start with my CGM. Now, hands down, having a CGM has been such a literal life changer for me. And I I fully do not think that I would have gotten my A1C down as far as I have had I not had it. Six years now, and it's only this past year that I've gotten my A1C under. My A1C is over the past few years when I would go in to get them done because there was a point where I wouldn't (laughs) and they've always been pretty much eight and higher between 7.5 and nine my highest a1c was at 13 percent when I was diagnosed but even taking my medicine on and off all of that did get down to at least nine not that nine is anything to fun home about but I pretty much was considered uncontrolled for majority of my time with diabetes so far, but I'm dealing with a bit of burnout just from the CGM itself. Because when your alarm is going off, it's about even now, I will say, but for for a while it was going off because I was high all the time and not the fun high. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But my numbers were above 200 a lot. And I was so frustrated because I'm like, dang, I just drank some tea. I love London Fogs and I have plant-based milk creamer and it's only got like four grams of sugar in it. And I'm just like, what? I don't even pour, am I pouring that much? Let me check myself. It's frustrating when it's something like that. Or you want to go and have a meal with your friend or partner or whatever. And you think that you choose the right menu items and you still spike up crazy. The alarms were frustrating. It actually got to a point where I turned off the high alarms. 
I didn't, I, I just, at that moment, I didn't care. I was like, you know what? I'm, the highs don't seem to be things that I'm worried about. I'm actually worried about going low more than I am about being high. And that's scary because having elevated blood sugars for long periods of time is damaging. And me actively choosing to ignore that is scary. But it's what I was doing because I was just so tired. And especially I, I had a interesting moment with uh, a type one friend who was like, oh my God, there's not a whole lot that you can do about it because when you're insulin dependent, it's just redosing your insulin basically. But when you're living with something like type two or prediabetes or, or even Modi, if you are just like medication based where you don't have to self-inject insulin for everything to function, it's frustrating because there's not a whole lot you can do. Now, yes, there are tips of going for a walk and eating less carbs or whatever. There's a host of tips to try to help mitigate that. But sometimes when it's just happening in the moment and it's happening multiple times a day and you're just trying to just fuel yourself, it's so frustrating and it's exhausting. And there's only so much water I can drink without feeling like I'm about to throw it up. Just trying to flush your system out. And I think I went about two weeks once without my CGM. And part of me felt scared because it's okay, what if you hit a low and you don't, I don't always feel my lows like that until it's, I'm getting to, to a pretty shaky point, if you will. But I just needed a break. <laughs> I just needed a break. And I know that there's no real taking time off from diabetes, but I, I took it, I took time off from my CGM. I still used my manual meter, which didn't really help because I would, you know, still see higher numbers. I was still taking my medication, but I couldn't make those pivotal in the moment decisions because I didn't have my CGM. And just for those two weeks, I was just like, okay, just, I just wanted to feel like I didn't have to deal with any of it. And I know not a lot of people, um, that sounds selfish, but it's just what was going on for me because I know that CGMs are such great technology and especially for those, you know, living with type two, it's, it's taking so long for us to be able to have access to that without paying a ridiculous amount out of pocket for it. But it's hard. It's something that I did not realize was going to be an issue for me because it's like, hey, I'm not having to prick my finger all the time. My fingers aren't sore or calloused or whatever from all of that. And having to do it multiple times a day to get the same information that I'm getting from my CGM, like, I should be thankful. I should be using this technology. I should, I should, I should. And I just want to say, shut the fuck up to all of it. <laughs> I really do. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to think about it. I just want to, for once, just feel like this isn't something I have to think about. And that's so, I know it's dangerous, but it's just, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm so exhausted. And that's just the CGM, right? Having access to that information 24-7 and not seeing it the way that you want to, you start making kind of crazy decisions. And I don't like that. I don't like that version of me. And so I started to get just really anxious and I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to see anybody. I played the role for a lot of people, but I was mostly quiet. If people reached out to me, I would respond, but I, I hid behind everything. And that kind of brings me to some of the information that my friends over at DQ&A sent over to me about your mental state when dealing with burnout. And so some of the things that they've learned from surveys that they've sent out 
is that people living with type one and a quarter of people living with type two experience depression. And in the same way, 20% of those living with type one and about 22% of those living with type two report experiencing anxiety. And I'm definitely in those percentages, but it's just, this is regular throughout the community. And when it comes to mental well-being, they shared that nearly four in 10 people with diabetes reported their well-being being poor this year. And some variables of that of people with lower incomes tended to have worse well-being compared to those with higher incomes. But on the flip side is people with higher A1Cs were more likely to report like just being in this worse mental state. And it just goes to show that like the unexpected nature of diabetes contributes to burnout. And so that brings me to some additional information that DQ&A shared is that when they asked people about the challenges of diabetes management, 28% of type 1s and 16% of type 2s responded that managing their diabetes the same way, but still they were experiencing unexpected highs and lows. And it's just, I feel that. And I feel like I'm still a part of that percentage because it's just like, you, you could do everything right. You could get so regimented down and still have a low or still, in my case, go high. And you're just like, what more do I have to do to get this right? It on paper feels like, okay, you eat right, you do the exercise or you do, you take your medication, all that, you should be good to go. And unfortunately, there are medical professionals who say that to patients. And this is where I see the diabetes community eat its own tail. Because as DQNet points out, sure, there are other factors that contribute to burnout, like maintaining a recommended diet and exercise regimen, especially when a third of type 1 respondents and half of type 2 respondents reported not getting enough exercise. And then when asked about diet, 1 in 10 of type 1 respondents and 1 in 5 of type 2 respondents said that they don't eat the right diet. And so you go into these support groups or communities or Facebook groups or apps or whatever, and you share what you're doing and you literally get crucified online of that's your problem. You're eating too many carbs. That's your problem. You're not moving enough. That's your problem. You should be eating keto or you should be eating. You should do intermittent fasting. You should try going vegan. You should try this. You should try that or not even try. This is what you should do. Like you at left and right. And it is exhausting to go to a place where the people that you're interacting with should understand to some degree, obviously every journey is unique, but should understand to some degree that this shit is hard. And if I'm posting that I'm eating oatmeal in the morning, that's because I feel like my body does okay with oatmeal and the type of oatmeal that I'm eating, shout out to Oda the Ordinary, works for me. If it doesn't work for you, I'm sorry, but that does not mean that you get to project what doesn't work for you onto me. And so I've been seeing that and experiencing that a lot lately. And it, it makes me so angry because it's just, you're my own people. And of course, 
everyone is a person first. You're not your diabetes. But it's just the way humans interact with each other nowadays that really just gets me so amped up because it's just like, why are you the person who gets to determine if I'm doing something right or not? Hey y'all, if you're like me and you've been involved in the diabetes community, I don't know about you guys, but I've always felt like, how can I contribute to our growth? How can I ensure that companies that sell products, services, or just the advancement of medication and things like that, how can I get involved with that? I'm not necessarily trying to do a clinical trial, but I want to do something. And that's where DQ&A comes in. DQ&A is a diabetes research company that sends out quarterly surveys in order to ask questions and learn about what those living with diabetes go through. And each survey always has a theme and provides different types of questions from what type of medication do you take to have you experienced burnout before, all types of stuff in between. And our answers help research for stuff that we may need. And I think that's pretty awesome. And so I joined as a member and have began taking the surveys and it's a really quick way to lend your perspective and to support furthering research on ways that diabetes can get better for those living with type 2, type 1, MODI, type 3, whichever. Our responses, especially the responses of people of color, can really help push and change things in our community. So I really think that DQ&A is great. I appreciate everything that they're doing. The surveys don't take long at all. And they compensate you for your responses and for your interaction with the surveys. Each time that you complete one, you can either get like an Amazon gift card, you can get direct cash through like PayPal, or you can even have those funds donated to your favorite foundation, whether that's Diabetes Sisters or Diastrong or T1 International. They have a whole list of nonprofits that you can donate that money to. And if they don't have it in the list, let them know and they'll send it that way. Thanks to DQ&A for sponsoring this episode. And if you're not familiar or if you want to get involved, click the link in the show notes. Hey, y'all. So really quick, I just had to pause to talk to you about a service that I've actually been using for a couple of months now. And that service is 9am Health. And 9am Health is a virtual diabetes clinic that has pretty much everything that you need, which makes it so easy to manage without having to leave my house. I'm talking A1C labs done from home. I'm talking medication shipped directly to your house. I'm talking having your own diabetes care specialist who's educated in nutrition and diabetes care, who helps you with all of the little things that go in between management, things like helping with food or lifestyle changes or changing certain habits. They will support you in all of that. Or if you just need somebody to talk to you because it's one of those burnout weeks, right? So 9am Health has been super great and it's made my life a lot easier especially because it's so cheap. I don't even have to use insurance. It is so much cheaper than what I was paying with insurance. So I'm really grateful for 9am Health and everything that they're providing in order to make someone like myself have an easier time with diabetes care management because we all know it can be really challenging, but to know that I can text, call, or send them a message on the online app in order to get 
support, whether that's, hey, I don't know how my medication is going or, hey, I really need to talk to somebody because it's just, I just don't want a diabetes today or being able to work with my diabetes care specialist on some of the mental blocks that I might have. It makes such a different experience because I'm being met where I'm at. And I don't know about you, but trying to take off time from work to go to the doctor, having to sit in the waiting room for 30 minutes only to meet with your doctor for five, it's just such an archaic experience. And I really feel that 9am Health changes all of that. So would love for you to try it out. Visit 9am.health to learn more or click the link in the show notes and tell them I sent you. And if I come in here to share something, I'm not looking for you to correct what I'm doing unless I directly ask, is there something I could be doing better? And then I really don't appreciate the people who decide that they can't be tactful in their language. They can't be respectful in their language. It's just, you just need to stop eating like shit. I've literally seen that. Like, what makes you think that's okay to say? I just don't get it. And then there's this whole debate of you posted it here and I'm just saying what I'm saying. I'm just telling it like it is. I really don't like when we use tell it like it is or I'm just trying to be, you know, blunt, honest as an excuse for attacking people. I could be direct without being disrespectful. And I just feel like lately I've just been seeing a lot of this and I'm seeing it with even the cancel culture aspect, which we will talk about in a whole other that's another time for another day. But I am just so, it makes me want to back out. It makes me want to not be a part of the community. It makes me want to not be involved with people. If, if it wasn't for the fact that I have such great connections with other diabetics who don't, or excuse me, those living with diabetes who don't act like that, who I have a, a bond with, I would probably never share because it doesn't feel safe. And that's a problem. And I know a lot of times we, we have these extremes of calling people out and getting into that mob mentality of we just need to shut them down, whatever, in so many different places and spaces. But I'm just like, why can't we have a mutual conversation that's respectful and that doesn't make people feel like they can't share their experience and not be dogged about it. Why is it that when I share my experience, do you feel the need to correct me on that? This is my experience. You don't get to determine if it's good or bad or better or worse than yours. Your experience is your experience. There's nothing to compare. Especially when I see people who are trying to forcefully change mentalities. Now, there is absolutely no shade to keto, okay? I know a lot of people do keto. I know a lot of people swear by it, and that's great. If it's worked for you, cool. It does not work for me, okay? It does not. And I really do not appreciate sharing, hey, this is what I've been doing. Keto doesn't work for me. You must be doing it wrong. Keto is the answer and you'd probably lose the weight if you would just follow it. You have to be really strict about it. You have to just what what choose your heart. Do you want to have diabetes forever or do you want to relieve yourself of it and put it into remission by giving up all of these things 
in order to achieve that. And I call bullshit on all of that. That's not the answer. And it's so frustrating when people approach you that way simply because you decide or you have learned about your own body that this approach doesn't work, but it's constantly being shoved in my face. And that's not okay. And I, I don't, I really, I'm really confused y'all of why it keeps happening. And when somebody pushes back and says, cool, I'm glad that's worked for you. That doesn't work for me. That you are still pressured and backed into a corner of, of everybody jumping down your throat of it's your fault. It's not working. Why do we do that to each other? I don't understand. And so I have been quite exhausted with all of it. I really have. And it just makes me feel like I'm not welcome in my own community. And I don't like that. And it hurts. It hurts when you want to go to a space where the people who should get it the most don't because they've done this whole thing and it's worked for them. So it should work for you. And I, I just don't understand where the respect line suddenly disappeared that your perspective on everything is God. That's how people act. They, they sit there and they're like, this is what's worked for me. So it's God. And that means that you need to follow this. I, I just don't understand why we can't discuss something, but feel like we also have to endorse it. Just because I talk about it doesn't mean I endorse it. I have no problem talking about a lot of things. That doesn't mean that I'm backing it. I'm having a dialogue about it. Your opinion bears no weight on mine. It's just perspective. I'll take it into consideration, but that doesn't mean that you need to present your opinion in a way to push me to change my mind about something. And so even when especially, no shade to coaches, but people come out of the woodworks trying to coach you. Hey, if you want, I offer this service and I, uh -huh, I don't want to pay you to do that. I don't. I don't. What I want is to be able to share my experience and be respected for my, my experience and not be shamed for it. And so it just makes me want to back out everything. And it just sends me into the spiral of, oh, I really don't want to take my meds today. I want to do it. But it, it's robotic at this point. It's muscle memory. And there have been times where I just, I still ate like crap. I was like, I don't care. Or I'm ordering something. I'm going to order this soda. I normally don't. But I, today I am. Whatever. I don't care. And... I don't think people realize how much they contribute to that. I don't think we talk enough about how our own community contributes to diabetes burnout. I think we would rather attack companies and tear them down instead of challenging them to do better and then giving them room to try I think we'd rather do that than acknowledge the fact that there are people within our community who are just as toxic and terrible and ruining lives. And I think we forget that just because you live with diabetes 
and are a part of the community that that suddenly exempts you from being a shitty human being. I think we forget that. I think we see it and we see it in so many different variations. But when it's a medical condition, we couldn't possibly say something terrible to another person or judge another person and how they live their lives because we live with diabetes. We totally understand it. We get it. And that's just not true. And I think a lot of times we go in with this naive mindset that this is the support that I'm going to get. And when you don't, that's what divides us. Is everybody's pushing their own agenda on you and won't give you the breathing room to sort for yourself. And if you ask a question, it's not because you want someone to change your mind. It's just, can you share your experience without projecting your opinion on me, please? Can you share what you do without saying that I need to do it too? Can I post my meal and say how proud I am of it and that I enjoyed it without you tearing apart that it's probably got too many carbs in it and your blood sugars are probably all over the place? Can we do any of that? Can we let people be people? Can we? Apparently, we can't let people just be themselves and let them go through their collective human experience for themselves without deciding that they need to adopt yours. It's just, I'm just annoyed. <laughs> I'm so annoyed y'all and I'm tired and I am trying my best every fucking day to just be okay. And I, I get really frustrated when I see other people who may not know how to speak up for themselves do that. I spent time in groups just fighting with keyboard warriors or I'm in other communities that this shit is just, it's just going on left and right, left and right. It's just like, why would I want to involve myself with that? And it, it even makes it hard doing things like this because it's hard. And when the people that you expect to understand it don't, it's hard. So burnout is real and I know it won't last forever. And I need anybody who's listening to this or watching this to know it does not last forever. Because the thing that pushes me is, and I don't want this to seem extreme, but it's just what I feel in my, in my, my spirit. I want to live. And I want to live well. And I want my body, this vessel, the only one that I have, to be in the best place that it can be. And so I have to do small things in order to pull myself out of that, whether that's telling my partner, I'm just having a really shitty day and I just need a hug or I just need you to just sit here or support me or whatever. I, I have a couple people who say, I just can't diabetes today. And... That might look like, yes, please still take your medication. Yes, please still make sure you're, you're taking your insulin and all that. Not being so hard on yourself. Having the ice cream. Having that soda. Not working out for the day. Sleeping all day. Giving yourself the, the room to just be a human being going through it. And being allowed to express those feelings, whether it's through tears 
whether it's through screaming and shouting, whatever it is, I don't appreciate some of the languages being used in our community. Definitely for sure, the toxic positivity. That's running deep sometimes. The crass, you just need to get over it. How bad do you want it? Choose your hard and just respect that like, yo, if I'm going through it, I just need a minute. And I want to know that it's okay to need a minute. And I want to know that the community of my peers isn't going to judge me. They're going to say, hey, it's okay. And if you need someone to talk to, we're here. And that's it. Burnout is dangerous for us because it's this small moment where we really just want to give it all up in terms of I don't want to do anything related to diabetes, whatever that means for you. It's dangerous because it puts our lives at risk by our own hand that's being persuaded by the people around us. And so that's, again, that's our own community. And to see even the stats and the data about people experiencing depression and anxiety and their well-being being in the crapper through 2021, which coming out of 2020, you were hopeful would be a little bit better. And the challenges of diabetes management and yeah, some of us aren't exercising and, or their diet isn't the greatest because everybody's telling us what to do. But nobody's saying to us, or at least the voices that are getting drowned out of, how does this feel for you? Is this sustainable for you? And so I've just been, I've been struggling for myself and for the others that I see because trying to do this and trying to always be positive about it and trying to always push myself even when I'm breaking down, push myself to to be okay all the time and to to smile and to wear the mask is hard. And I don't think we express enough how much sometimes it's our own system that's making it hard. So I know this isn't normal for me to have episodes that aren't exciting or don't have energy to them, but I really needed to share this because if there's anything that I can take away from this as like a light at the end of the tunnel for me in this moment right now, it's that I refuse to give up on myself. And yeah, are there family and friends and all of that who who are part of that motivation. But the biggest thing for me is I refuse to give up on myself simply because someone else felt that their way was better. And I feel like the small light of hope for myself is proving people wrong that advocating for myself is wrong. That having a unique experience in my condition is okay. And that me choosing what is best for me 
is okay. And that not following every diet that comes out that has everyone and their mother writing books and research. Because I think what we forget is that, yeah, science, but there's always somebody on the other side that can prove that science wrong or prove that their science works too. So if they all work, which one am I supposed to choose? I'm pretty sure the answer is whatever works best for you. So I say all that to say, if you are struggling right now, if you are experiencing burnout, if you are frustrated with the community, I see you and I completely understand what you are going through. And all I can say is keep pushing for yourself to create and manage and live the way that you want to live. Everybody else's noise doesn't matter. It doesn't. It really doesn't. They are just perspectives and that's it. But the only person who has any say of how you should live your life and how you should take care of yourself with diabetes is you. And don't let anybody try to make you feel inferior for choosing you. So that's all I got for today. I love y'all. And I know that I don't, this is not my norm. And Moody Taylor is something that you rarely seen, but I go through it too. And I felt like it was important that I share my experience with burnout. Um, Thank you to today's sponsor, DQ&A, for providing all of this great information. If you would like to contribute to the learnings and research, please click the link in the show notes. So that way you can not only become a member, but receive these quarterly surveys to help support this type of information because we need to know so we can know how to do better. Of course, catch me on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Listen to the show on all your favorite platforms and keep going for yourself and nobody else. There's only one you. And with that said, I'll catch you guys next time.